0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Grant Schwartz with the Conscious Athletics Podcast here for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information on what we're doing here, please take a second to visit us at ConsciousAthletics.net and or ConsciousAthletics on Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit BeCooler.org. So uh, the conscious athletics. You guys know me, Grant Schwartz. Um, today's guest is is a cool one for me personally. Um, I've told I've told my friend here, Nick Garden, before, but he was one of the main reasons why I actually ended up going to the high school that I did. Um, so if you guys are fans of football, you probably don't know who Dana Hills High School is because definitely not a powerhouse. But um, obviously, growing up in Dana Point, California, I would go to the, the high school games and. It's funny when you're younger because a five-year gap is like an eternity, but as you get older, you realize it's nothing. But, but either way, um, I would go to the high school games, and I had a, I had a vivid memory of, of, of rolling up on Dana Hills High School Football Stadium. And I was a little bit late. I don't remember who they were playing, but as I was walking um, through the end zone, uh, uh, the quarterback led off a, a long, deep path, and there was one Nick Garden to catch it. Um, and that was the cool part. But the, the really cool part is that he turned around and backpedaled into the end zone by pointing at the DB. And I said, damn, that's what I want to be like. <laughs> um, and so I'd always kept that in mind. And when the time came to make a decision whether to go to Modern Day or or go get an apartment in Mission Viejo. So I'd go to Mission Viejo High School. Um, that always kind of loomed large for me. And I said, you know what, I'm going to stay close to home and go to Daniels High School. Um, and that's where Nick was obviously an alumni as well. Um, so a little near and dear to my heart. But um, Nick had a great high school career. Nick, were you, uh,
1: I, I would imagine that you were probably all league junior and senior season. Yeah, I was. i tell you what though, I did get an earful about backpedaling into the end zone. It's funny you remember <laughs> that. Worth it, man.
0: Worth it. <laughs> Legend. Absolutely yeah. legendary. Um, but yeah, he was a great high school player and then um, went on to play uh, four years at University of San Diego. Um, if you guys are familiar with USD, it's um, one of the, the best campuses probably in the country, probably a great place to go to school as well. I know that from an academic perspective, but probably just from a lifestyle um, perspective as well. Um, he was there during a, a very interesting time in the programs history, because one coach, Jim Harbaugh, um, who's not really on my short list of friends these days, being a Michigan head coach and and getting those last couple of victories. But Nick was there during that time, um, had a really, really successful career. I just actually learned that Nick was a two-way player. I, I knew you played receiver, but I didn't realize he had also been playing defense. So that's a pretty cool little nugget as well. And then um, once his time was time there was done, Nick uh, transitioned into. Um, I, you said it was a workout with the LA Avengers, correct? The Arena League. Yeah, I got a workout with the Avengers that went pretty well. Right on, yeah. No, that was. I remember growing up, and I went to a few of those games as well. And they don't have—I think they have an Anaheim team now. It's called like the the Kiss or something like that. I don't even know if that's still around either. Yeah,
1: I think so. I don't even know. I think it's a different league too. I think that league went under and they came back or something. I'm not even. Yeah, those things those things pop up and go out of existence pretty regularly,
0: but. Um, after that, Nick, uh, you know, made the made the tough decision of of uh, of hanging the cleats up, and and like myself and many other athletes, as we've mentioned on this podcast, took the uh, took the low hanging fruit of being a salesperson because it's so much like being an athlete, right? So Nick was in sales, and then, you know, kind of had a similar situation to a lot of us where he was questioning if this was the right path for him, and um you know one thing that i thought was really cool about nick is that he actually had the the wherewithal to say you know what i'm going to make a change in my life and now he's a part of the orange county fire authority so that's pretty cool well but, thanks uh, for having
1: me on man i'm excited to be here and yeah I, I don't know how i blinked and i got to be the old guy with all of this experience you just threw out there but it's been <laughs> a fun it's been a fun run that's kind of led me to where i am today so
0: absolutely no well, we appreciate you having you on and uh so, yeah. So, next, so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your early days in playing football. I know you, you mentioned before we hopped on here that you're actually a soccer player for most of your life growing up and then decided to go on the football route. So Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I grew up uh, down here in Southern California, Dana Point, for the most part. And uh, we were a soccer family. I'm the oldest of three. I got two little sisters, but we all grew up playing soccer. Um, and I was on a really good uh, club team, competitive club team from a young age. I think at one point we were ranked like top five in the, in the country. So I would say I was an average starter on a really, really good uh, club team. I wasn't the star of the team by any stretch, but um, in those early years, my dad had always coached our teams and stuff like that and had been pretty involved with it, which was cool. So, um, but I went to St. Edward's, which was a Catholic like middle school that had some flag football, like a league where they play other private schools and that was my first taste of playing football i mean we'd always have it on tv and grew up with it but uh, my folks wouldn't let me play tackle until high school and i told them i wanted to give it a shot and uh um they were supportive like my folks have always been very supportive but my dad was like dude you have a you have a long uh career ahead of you with potential scholarships and stuff for soccer so he wasn't real stoked on switching (laughs) i remember him saying one hit and it could change everything so um but I did, yeah, I ended up playing football, tackle football for the first time at Dana. Um, I played soccer club and high school throughout, throughout high school until I had to choose in, in college because tackle football and soccer were the same season. So, right. um, But yeah, it was, uh, it was my first taste over at Dana, and I fell in love with it. I played corner and running back my freshman year and uh, have some funny stories. But I, hadn't, I didn't have a ton of experience with contact you Know right. playing some of these guys that came up in Pop Warner and stuff were super acclimated to all that. And I was a soccer guy. So um playing running back, you know, uh thudding up and doing Oklahoma drills and stuff that were still allowed back back then. Yeah. Um, it was a little eye-opening, but I fell in love with the game pretty quick. And um they asked me to play cornerback my sophomore year on varsity, and then I was I was hooked. It was game over from that point because I loved it so much. So Yeah, went went on and uh, receiver ended up being the main position I I played predominantly at Dana with cornerback kind of secondarily, and then uh, went on to USD had a great time so but always around sports playing every sport imaginable just like you I'm sure you know, whether it was roller hockey in the in the cul-de-sac or soccer, you know baseball, whatever it was played everything. Right on. Yeah, no, that's that,
0: that's a you know a lot of times you see these stories of these guys, a lot of the guys that are in the league, and they're like they didn't start playing ball till they were in high school, and then um, they just really pick up on it. So it's just a natural coming to them. So it's 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 always interesting to hear those stories because for me, I you know I started playing football. You know, my dad was a football player as well, so he was anxious to get me in the game. I started playing when I was like I think had my first year of tackle football, I was eight years old. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, out there where your head is about three times larger than the rest of your body. Um, so that was always, that was always, a uh, you know, a, a path for me, but I always like to hear the stories of the guys that, you know, picked it up later in life and were just naturals at it. Um, and during your guys' time there Dana, you guys, I, I was, I remember it. I remember it now, um, when I was doing some research on you, but you guys had some big dubs. I think you had a victory over Santa Margarita and they had like Chris Ricks and all those
1: mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Sophomore year. Um, Chris Ricks was their starter. He had famously, uh, he had committed to Florida state already. And uh, I was a sophomore. I think I was 160 pounds soaking wet playing corner and the end of the game, he threw a pass and our defensive end uh, went off the crown of his helmet straight up into the night sky. And I just remember being like, just go get that ball, man. I (laughs) caught that thing. And I think I blacked out and I ended up in the end zone (laughs) somehow. And I was Uh, just like, what the hell just happened? But um, that was, yeah, one of my favorite memories from high school, actually, because we had no business beating that team that year. But, <laughs> star was born. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So yeah. So you, I mean, obviously you had a lot of success in high school. Um, so how did USD come to be? Were you looking at some other schools or was it was it that always the place you, <laughs> you wanted to go? Was there some history there? What was going on?
1: So um yeah, kind of a funny story. My my folks encouraged me to put together like a highlight tape to send out. Um, because at that time, you guys, when you were at Dana, you were on some much more successful teams than I was. I think we went two and eight my senior year at Dana. I ended up leading the county in receiving but uh, I I don't I think it'd be a stretch to say I was the most talented receiver in the county it was more of a it's kind of all we did our quarterback who was tough as nails uh Trevor Walls I think you knew Trevor right oh yeah Trevor Trevor was was a senior when I was a freshman okay yeah. yeah I just all I know is I Trevor was as tough as they come but um We would throw post, post, corner, fades. That's it. Three-step drop, huck it. And it was like, Nick, go get it. And I would do the best I could. So, But we ended up two and eight, uh, put together a highlight tape, and I sent it out to like, you know, you grow up watching college football on Saturdays, and I didn't have a family that came from a lineage of football. So I was like, oh, dude, would love to play at the big house. Oh, Penn State looks cool. Ohio State, you know, the swamp down in Florida, whatever. So I'm sending these highlight tapes, and they were VHS tapes back in the day, not to age myself. But, um, uh, I didn't really get much of a response. Um, I think I got a preferred walk on it, uh, university of Arizona. And I was getting recruited more by some of the Ivy league schools and USD came knocking. And so I took some recruiting trips and, uh, I went down to San Diego. I remember going to a game. And I remember thinking as I watched the game, like I could play with these guys right now. I felt like, and, um, the campus is beautiful if you've never been down there it's the campus is unreal so those two things and then the the icing on the cake was yeah, I think they had 75% girls at the time and one of the coaches <laughs> made made sure to tell all of us recruits that and I'm like all right where do I sign So, oh.
0: so yeah, that's funny. No, you're you're right. I mean, like I mentioned, Dana Hills isn't isn't a par- parochial power or, or 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 steady power. In fact, I think at one point we might have been one of the losingest programs in California state history. Um, <laughs> little, God. L- little little fun fact about the Dana Hills Dolphins. But um, yeah. so so it is it is because I mean, when I I was same thing when I was a freshman, I think we were one and nine, and then my sophomore year, I, I actually started at corner as well. My sophomore year, and we were two and eight um and there just wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of attention around the program because at the end of the day like you know those scouts when they're when they're or recruiters they're well they're coaches at, at the college level when they're going on the recruiting trail they're generally only going to certain schools in the area because they know that those are the ones that are going to be consistently producing um yeah luckily for me just having my dad and his experience doing the whole nine I, I started going to camps and all that kind of stuff and that's that's where a lot of that interest started getting generated on on, on my side but no, I hear you. It was, it was, it was a tough sled in the beginning. Um, but you didn't, you didn't go wrong there as choosing USD. That's for sure. I mean, it's like you said, it's, it's a great school to go to. And I always, I always look back at um, those times and um, it's interesting because you do get those, you know, those interests from the Ivy league schools and, and you know USD is not an Ivy league school, but it's a great education. And um, you know, obviously we all have dreams of playing at the bigger schools, whether it be in the PAC 10 or at the time it was the PAC 10. Now it's like the PAC 32 and and the Big <laughs> 67. I'm not really sure what's going on these days with that. But, um, you know, it's like the, the truth of the matter is, it's like, if you can go to a school, still get a play ball and get a, a, a great education like that, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty tough deal to pass up.
1: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it turned out great if, if, you know, you and I have transitioned from the role of athlete and trying to, um, you know, play professionally and I'm sure we all had aspirations as, as children, but now we've kind of switched roles and we're wearing the dad hat now, you know, and I know our kids are young, but. I always look back and I'm so grateful. I had such a supportive family. My, my folks backed me up in everything. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned, we weren't necessarily a football family. And that's the one thing I wish I had was a little bit of guidance. Cause I just played cause I loved the game so much. I, I was a kid. I didn't really think long-term like, Oh, what steps do I need to take to go potentially play at not, not only at big school and college, but also like potentially after in the NFL and all that type of stuff. And so um, I wish, I wish, my parents maybe had a little bit more knowledge of that landscape like hey get right. with this coach and go to that camp and i don't think they ever wanted to kind of push it too hard cuz we've we've all seen those parents that you know are living vicariously through their kids and and pushing it down their throats when they're not necessarily into it like that right. so i think when the time comes hopefully you know if, if any of my my three kids are into football or sports and they show that desire i can kind of say hey if you're serious about this and if they have the ability it's like go here go there but with that being said i you know, everything happens for a reason. USD was a fantastic time. I got to play four years. Um, first one being as a true freshman and, um, I got my degree in business and, uh, really have nothing but fond memories of the place. So, yeah. Well-
0: what was it like? Because that. What was it like when? Well, obviously Jim Harbaugh is a name, and was a name before that. He was a, a great NFL quarterback and a, a great quarterback at Michigan. What was it like during that time? Because that was definitely like the beginning of his ascent as a as a college football coach. And then obviously going on to the NFL. What was it like to have them? I, I know he's a, I know he's a quirky dude. I, I've had a chance to rub shoulders with him once or twice, but um, what was that like?
1: So uh, it was interesting. I got some great Coach Harbaugh stories, but uh, I remember <laughs> watching him. I remember watching him as a kid, um, specifically when he was playing for the Bears, but more so with the Colts. And I remember liking him as a player because he used to take a beating and he would come back and he would keep playing. And I'm like, dude, this guy's tough as nails. I like this guy. Right. And so um, my first two years, we were under Coach McGarry, um, who had been with the program for a long time. And then they parted ways he was a good, good man, a good coach. I learned a lot from him. Um, and then all of a sudden we were recruiting a new coach and never in a million years. did I think we'd end up with Jim Harbaugh as our coach. And uh, lo and behold, they were holding the press conference, announcing him as our new coach. I remember going to it. Cause it was, I think it was like right after my sophomore season um, when they hired him. And so uh, I went, I got to meet him, shook hands, all that good stuff. And um, he really like, So he was the quarterback's coach for the Oakland Raiders prior to taking the head coaching job at USD. And I remember him telling me one time that uh, Al Davis told him like, what are you doing taking this job at USD? It's a little school, nobody knows of it. Like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't the career trajectory that you need to be on if you, with your aspirations to, you know, make it as a big time head coach one day. And Coach Harbaugh's always had that attitude of like, I don't care what you say or what you do. Like, I'm going to do it my way you yep. know for better for worse and um uh so he came on board and he put together a coaching staff that was it would rival some of the the nfl coaching staffs out there like my wide receiver coach john morton who uh last i heard i think he was like a assistant offensive coordinator with the lions i saw him on hard knocks he, on there he, last he was a
0: he, he was a receiver for the lions right back in the day
1: no that's a different john morton so okay. um same name different guy yeah. but uh this coach had a long tenure of being um coaching in high high places so basically the year before he started coaching me and my fellow receivers at usd he was coaching jerry rice and tim brown at the oakland raiders which again tells you how long ago this was wow but
0: i mean you know nick garden jerry rice come on baby let's go you know a lot of similarities
1: (laughs) you were some you were called the white jerry rice i I, I, I had heard that before (laughs) i hadn't heard that but i'll appreciate i'll take it dude um (laughs) So, so he put together this coaching staff that was phenomenal, but he also came in and, um, he definitely like, he, he, he weeded out the guys that didn't want to be there, which ultimately made us a a really good program. Like Mm -hmm. quick story about coach Harbaugh that I think it's made its rounds on certain podcasts over the years, but he, uh, he'd have us waking up at like four 30 in the morning, um, during spring ball and conditioning and lifting and doing stuff like that. And there was this, there was this hill out back of USD that was about three quarters of a mile uh, from start to finish. And the grade increased the further you went. So this hill was, oh, man. it was brutal, dude. So you run that thing one time and I was a soccer player. So my cardio was always pretty good. I could run, yeah. you know, all day long. You run this thing once and you were toast. Well, he split us up into position groups, you know, receivers, DBs, running backs, uh, linebackers, tight ends, and then linemen or whatever. And he had us run it. Like four times that morning, I think, and the uh, sun isn't even close to coming up. He ran it with us, so he wasn't—he wasn't trying to set records or anything. He's kind of with the tight ends or whatever, slow and steady. And a, I can't remember—it was the second or third time up the hill. He—he uh, he starts getting sick and vomiting, but he doesn't—he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> stop. He doesn't lean forward. He doesn't like go and puke into a bush. He just keeps. <laughs> I'll always remember it. man. He keeps running, <laughs> staring straight ahead with this intensity that he always has in his eyes, just puking all over himself. And he just oh kept running God. up the hill. That's and at amazing. the end of the workout, he's like, all right, guys, great workout, bring it in. And just covered in puke. And we're like, what the <laughs> fuck? this guy, this guy's oh, wow. insane, dude. And so, um, I mean, that's one of many, but I think that characterizes coach Harbaugh. Like the guy's just uber competitive. He's just got He's just got another gear that a lot of people don't have. I think that's why he was so successful in the NFL and now in the coaching ranks. But it was a privilege playing for him. And um, I was a captain my senior year. So I, you know, we had to have some conversations. I had to vouch for some guys. And um, maybe we didn't always see eye to eye, but I always respected him. And we've kept in touch over the years. And obviously, he's done a lot of big things. So it's kind of cool. amazing.
0: That's such a good story. The guy was probably in combat boots doing that too. Or at least some sort of... <laughs> if not not appropriate attire for what he was doing i'm sure
1: dude um, he wore he he only he owns one outfit i think he probably has like Twenty of the same outfit, but it was khakis and everything's always tucked in. Whether it's a polo or a sweatshirt, they're always tucked in. And so, yeah, it's something something
0: about great coaches, coaches and their, and their quirkiness is it's it's funny because my my dad my dad uh, played at Ohio State in the in the seventies and and uh was with Woody Hayes for his last two years, um, mm-hmm. Woody Hayes' time there. And if if you guys are football people or sports people, a lot of people know who Coach Hayes is. Um, all time legendary personality, um, and his deal was: is he had these these thick black rimmed glasses, and he would go on these tirades about who knows what, just yelling and, and 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 cussing and spitting, and he would take the glasses off and throw them on the ground and, and break them and stomp on them, and then an assistant coach or whoever it was would come and hand him another pair, and he'd put him, put the glasses <laughs> back on and, 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 and continue on with his stuff. So I think, that, uh, yeah, there's some, there's something to be said for for a quirky head coach, but. I mean, that story is so good because it just shows you like the level of intensity that is being, you know, I don't even know what the right word is, I guess, perpetrated upon you because you're you're really a victim in that. And in, in those situations, you have, there's nowhere to hide, but to just accept it and either get with it or, or get out of the way, which um, like you were saying, I, I'm sure he a lot of guys said, you know what, this isn't for me. Um,
1: Absolutely. I tell you what, we we had plenty of guys tap out and say, this isn't for me, but it left us with a nucleus of players and we set historic uh, win levels and we had we won our first uh, pfl league championship and we won a mid-major national championship which the school had never sniffed before right. in the following two years and it was it all started with all that stuff so w- quick That's question so cool. for you dude who was the coach over at ohio state when you were playing over there
0: uh coach tressel was the coach while i was there yeah
1: it was coach so, tressel oh, okay
0: so he was another caricature <laughs> he was the sweater vest guy with the tie oh, yeah. and, he, and he was always a character and um it was an interesting experience we, we definitely uh, like you with with coach harbaugh we we had our moments for sure um but um yeah i've talked about it before on the podcast but he was one of those guys that was the same way he, he wasn't just about the game he was about making us better better men at the end of the day um which you know i was kind of like a, too cool for school at the time so a lot of times i was like what are we doing this is just such a waste of time like why are we reading this why are we journaling why are we talking to this swim coach from some random d3 school or something like what's going on here yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was, a he, he was a great coach to, to, to be under and, um, it was, it was a good time while I was there, but, um, what did I want to, what did I want to ask you about
1: that? Well, the reason I was asking you is, uh, one of my coworkers with the Orange County Fire Authority is the son of, uh, Hiram DeFries, who is a coach with, uh, Urban Meyer, Coach Meyer. That's, that's right. And so he, um, whenever it's Ohio State, Michigan week, he, he won't return my texts or calls, but after that and he's a little bit older he never played at, at the school or anything but his dad obviously was on a lot of legendary coaching staff right. <laughs> and i don't what is it you guys don't even call michigan by their name right it's that school up north or what do you guys it, refer to him as ttun the team up north yeah there you go yeah. the team up north that's what i heard they, but great yeah, rivalry, they, man oh uh, yeah that was that was a, an amazing
0: thing to be a part of and, and it really is everything that they I mean, hype it up to be luckily for me i was there during a time where we, we didn't have much problem with michigan So I, I, you know, I, I don't really even know what it's like to lose to them. I, you know, I don't know what this current team is doing, but
1: uh, (laughs) yeah, it's been a while.
0: That's cool, man. To be a part of, to be a part of a, a, a turnaround in a program and then to like actually see it actualized with a, with a national championship is pretty rad. And like, you know, those stories you're talking about running up those hills and things like that, those are the type of things that I think as athletes that, um, that you can call upon later in life and say like, dude, like. If I'm able to feel that type of physical pain and continue, because a lot of the things that we struggle with as adults, they're not, they're not physical pain. It's emotional pain, right? It's, it's, it's right. the emotional struggle to show up every single day and, and put forward the, the, the requisite amount of energy to, to see whatever, you know, success or whatever type of results that you're looking for. Um And sometimes we kind of forget that as athletes, like, dude, like I was able to do this at a consistent basis, you know, every single day, day in and day out, like if I could just repurpose that mindset um you know you can see a lot of really great results from that so that's a cool story man so yeah and to uh, your
1: point coach, coach harbaugh was all about that too he's like hey i'm here to make our football program a winning program and historic program but it's all about you know 10 20 30 years down the road what kind of husbands what kind of fathers he was huge on that just like uh, coach fossil was so
0: yeah Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's changed a little bit now. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's such a different landscape for these guys and, 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 and even some of these women out there now with this NIL, NIL deal going on and just the, 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 the atmosphere that they're dealing in, it's more of a, I feel like it's turned into more of a transactional deal, um, which, you know, at the end of the day, I I, I'm happy for these athletes to, to be, you know, started receiving some compensation because, you know, there's so much money being made, but um, there's definitely, I feel like, a little bit of uh, of disconnect with you know the 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 person building as opposed to the just the the image or ath- athlete you know part of the equation. So, cool man. Absolutely. So like, so you so you get done with that, um, you know, obviously USD, but and you guys had you know probably some hype around you. So um, you said you wanted to continue playing. You had to you had to work out with the the uh, LA Avengers, which um, if you're familiar with the Arena Football League, was the local Arena Football League team at the time. I'm a, we were talking about, I think it's like the Anaheim kiss now, but they're always changing, but yeah. What was that like?
1: Um, yeah. So uh, my senior year kind of came and went, like I'm sure you can attest to uh, before I was ready for it really. It's like, what's next, you know? And I think we had a little pro day at our school, um, but it was more so, I played with uh, Josh Johnson, who's a quarterback who actually mm-hmm. was really cool. I'm a, I'm a huge Niner fan. I was born up in the Bay area Um better for worse here being a niner fan but it was kind of crazy to see josh get into that nfc championship game with the freaking quarterback situation going on up there um so as a receiver he made my job easy but a lot of he kind of put us on the map along with coach harbaugh as far as scouts looking at little you know one double a usd and we had uh we had a little pro day i swear to you i heard about the pro day the the afternoon before it was going on i didn't have a speed coach i didn't have So I showed up and uh, ran some routes and stuff like that. But as you can imagine, nothing really came of it. And so my offensive line coach, um, coach Tim Drevno, who I believe is with USC, the Trojans now, is either an offensive coordinator or uh, offensive line coach. I'm not exactly sure the the capacity, but Hmm. um, it was a private workout with the Avengers. Um, He knew I had aspirations to keep playing. And um, he contacted their coach and they had a private workout with a lot of ex NFL guys who were kind of fringe who had kind of fallen out with the league um and so I went to that and you remember Rashawn Woods wide receiver from Oklahoma State he was famous for having like six touchdowns in a game back then anyway he was this there I recognized him yeah he was a, he was a first round draft pick of the Niners that's probably why I recognize his name but um he was there and there were some other guys that I recognized from the league and I was like okay like this could be a decent shot and um uh, so I went out and, and had a pretty good workout. the The arena league was more conducive to my skill set because um, I was receiver and returned kicks and punts. And then Coach Harbaugh had me playing uh, defensive back in nickel situations. Um, so crazy, which, <laughs> which was awesome. And so they had us in that tryout. They had us line up at receiver. They had us line up at DB. I, I think I caught a couple deep posts, and I had an interception or two in one on ones. And um, they called us all out one by one after that workout, and they were basically. Given us feedback on how the workout went. And so um, they pulled me out there and they said, hey, we didn't really know a whole lot about you. We kind of did this as a favor to your offensive coordinator that we know. But they said, hey, we thought you you were one of the best, if not the best guy out here. We were pleasantly surprised. And they said, we'll keep you on a short list um, for our roster if any spots come available via injury or you know what have you with the roster turnover. And uh, at that point, I was just kind of like, I love everything. Every ounce of my being loves the game of football. I would have loved to continue playing, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall at that point. And I'm like, all right, you know, if there's not a spot they're they're ready to offer me like here now in the arena, in the arena league. Like, I don't know how long I can pursue all of this and put the rest of my life and career on hold. So I kind of decided in that moment to kind of start pursuing a more of a traditional career, I guess, if that's what you want to call it
0: yeah yeah that's the I mean I feel like a, a lot of people that are either going to listen to this podcast or that will be or have been on this podcast have similar stories I have I have a very similar story and it's it's always such a difficult you know time in life because it's like you know you you, you pushed for whether you know you you had aspirations as a soccer player then it turned into football for me it was always football whatever whatever it is you have these aspirations and it's it's, it's who you are as a person and and it's really you know everything that you do is is had yeah. to do with being being that that athlete and then you get to those moments and you and you even have an opportunity and you feel like you put your best foot forward and and, and yet it's still not enough. Um, and so that's a tough pill to swallow, you know, in, in the moment, you know, it's like, wow, like, I guess it's just, isn't for me. And like, to, to really like, you know, have that like set in and then, you know, you know, move forward from that point is, was something that was difficult for me and was really kind of like, you know, the impetus of this, of this whole podcast to bring that kind of conversation forward um, and and learning like, wow, like, okay, how do I repurpose myself? How do I, how do I rebrand myself to be this new version? That's going to be, you know, facing the world because I've talked about it on here and and like, you know, it got sparked, the conversation got sparked on here, but it's something that I've, I've been thinking about a lot. Um, and it's, it really has to do around the fact of when you're growing up, you know, happiness is something that's free, right? Like it's something that's just like, you wake up, you go outside, you go to school. And then after you're, you're at sports practice or you're hanging out with your friends, and you, and you come in to from from that your mom's got dinner dad's got dinner after it worked out and you got a smile ear to ear and you don't even know you're just like I'm just happy this is great um and as you get older that happiness is like you have to work for it you know what I mean like yeah. it just doesn't it just doesn't come to you um and so like that like th- this whole thing like of like okay like okay I'm not an athlete that's what brought me happiness <clears throat> okay I'm gonna go chase after I'm gonna go chase after money because that's what makes you happy, right? It's money. It's gotta be money. You know, all these rich people that I see, all these people that are doing well, they gotta be happy. They have everything they want. So I'm gonna go chase after that. Well, if you're lucky enough to 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 recognize some some monetary gains, then you realize, well, shit, that's not it either. Yeah. Um, so what, so what is it? You know what I mean? And and then you know, that's where you know, kind of mature hopefully, and, and you get into you know doing some self-work and and spending time with your family in the correct ways and things of that nature, but that's always just like that time, man. And I, I think maybe coming to a realization of like, you know, it at the end of the day, were you good enough to play in the arena fucking the arena football league? Absolutely. There's no question about it. But the timing wasn't there for you. The, the opportunity wasn't right. And you know, that's the same for so many people. And being able to say, like, hey, look, like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I did everything I, I took it to an extremely high level. You won a national championship. You did this thing. It's okay to say, like, you know what? I did it. I took it as far as I could and and and, and that's it. So I'm gonna go into the next stage. So um, so you, you got into sales is what you were saying, right? So what, what, what were you, sl- what were you slinging?
1: Yeah. So, um, real quick, just to back up a little bit, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just, it's the rebranding yourself. Cause our whole identity is an athlete, right? Everyone, you know, growing up knew you as Grant Schwartz, the, the, the freaking stellar athlete, dude, this guy picks up a ball and he's just got, you can freaking throw it a mile. He could, you know, not to sound like uncle Rico, but as a kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I relate that's, with that's, him a lot more
0: as I get older, by the way, <laughs> you and you
1: and me both, man. I didn't have the golden arm like you did though. Um, but that's it. Like it's, it's it, happiness is just, it's just right there all around you at all times. You don't even realize it because you're doing stuff that you love. You're playing a game and you're good at it. You know what I mean? I remember spending countless hours with my dad playing these like punting, catching, fielding passes games in our cul-de-sac, dude, just for fun or shooting hoops, you know, until the the streetlights came on and, um, it's, it's just so easy and everyone knew you were an athlete and then you know that it's coming you know the end's coming but you don't really think about it at least I didn't like I'm like okay this is all going to end soon especially as I'm in college I'm like I you know realistically like chances of playing in the NFL as a you know not a huge receiver at a small little 1AA school like it's probably not going to happen um with that being said like it didn't hit me until the final whistle of the final game my senior year I remember Um, We had just won the championship. The team was all celebrating. I was part of that, and then I just kind of walked to one end zone, and it like hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I and I I think there's a picture somewhere my mom or somebody took with my helmet on, and I'm just kind of hands on my hips, and I'm like looking down at my feet. And I remember that feeling like it was yesterday. It gives me goosebumps still talking about it. That it was like this is this is the last time I'm probably ever going to do this, and it just hit me, and it was it's still hard. And I don't know about you, but I had dreams not so much anymore because now I'm I'm freaking a middle-aged man, but I had dreams for at least 10 years of pulling up to the stadium and I was running late and I was in a scrambling to get like my cleats taped up and all my stuff. I was super anxious. I was super excited to be playing, but I was like, oh shoot, how the heck am I late to like pregame warmups? And I had that dream for 10, 15 years, man. And it was just, it, it's so deeply ingrained in you and you're so passionate about it to, to put in the time and effort that we all did to play the length that we did. And even if you didn't play that long, like there's athletes out there, I'm sure that like, they just love playing sports man and being around their teammates and everything that comes along with it. So yes, it's, um, it's a very tough transition. So when you told me you were doing this podcast, I'm like, that's perfect. There's, there's so many people, men and women that have been in the same spot as us. So anyways,
0: no, yeah. but to stop you. Yes, I, I, I do. I did have that dream. And sometimes I still do not nowhere near as nowhere near as much as I did. But same type of deal. It would always be like, okay, you know, you got an opportunity, this is going to be your chance, like you just got to get to the field or blah, blah, blah. And there would always be some obstacle or like I would be in the stands. And I would be like, why am I in the stands? Like I'm in a full uniform. Like, why am I not down on the field? And no, it's, it's a, there's, there's definitely like some psychological thing that's going on there, but that's so funny that you had that same dream. Cause it used to drive me fucking nuts to the point to where I started trying to learn how to lucid dream.
1: So I could, so I could control it. <laughs> I was like, I got to figure this out, man. I can't do this. I can't have this dream anymore, dude. Uh, uh, I know, but it's like a drug. It's like a drug. And I mean, I still, every, every part of my being is uh, loves the game. And if, if I could, my dream job would be to be like a general manager of a team or coach at some level. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I would go coach somewhere. But, but I, you know, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And um, you know, a lot of guys that make it in the NFL, like it's timing who, you know, just like anything, did you get injured? What kind of offense are you brought into? I mean, we see how many of these first round picks who are way better athletes than I could ever dream to be that don't pan out. And it's, you got to have some luck and the timing has got to be right. And with that being said, it, that, that road ends for everybody eventually, right? And so everybody's going to go through this, whether you're Tom Brady or you know me, who my career ended at USD. So, so yes, um, to answer your question, uh, I got into sales. I had um, worked with the sports marketing director at the University of San Diego. I did like an internship with her. And it kind of parlayed me into an interview with a company called K2 licensed products. So Mm K2 is still around. They make a lot of like ski snowboard, stuff like that. And they had a division um, called licensed products, which basically made like sports paraphernalia. So like those little foam bats with, you know, the balls that you see at, you know, uh, Dick's sporting goods or whatever the branded NFL branded uh, foam footballs, or, you know, they had hundreds of SKUs, but, that's the division I went into. I got offered a job making God, pennies. And uh, I was a sales analyst. And I literally started two days after graduation from USD. And uh, funny story there is I go to the office. Everybody's got cubicles. They didn't even have a cubicle. I was in like a corner that wasn't <laughs> even a traditional cubicle. It was like the only space they had in the office. And you went from doing everything you just described, going from practice, being around your friends, going to eat together study together everything you're around you are just everything is awesome <laughs> so then i was waking up putting in you know nine ten hour days in this like faux cubicle putting spreadsheets together and and writing math equations to balance inventory levels levels for target and walmart and it hit me <laughs> man i was i was in a that was in a dark place for a little while there like i don't want to say i was like clinically depressed but it was probably pretty close you know right so um yeah it was tough yeah.
0: that's a rude awakening you got that you have that that luminescent lighting or whatever they call it overhead and
1: I, it's oh just yeah
0: like, you're like how did i get here man like i just like just months ago i was doing something that like i loved and that was a dream of mine and, and now i'm now i'm wearing this uncomfortable shirt and pants and like this person who's never even come close to experiencing anything like I've experienced is telling me what to do in an aggressive manner. And like, I'm just like, and like you said, you're making pennies on the dollar and you're just like, what? In the Yeah. yeah. And, and, it,
1: and it goes back to that, that identity thing. It's like, I'm, I guess I'm no longer an athlete that I've been for the last, you know, 22 years of my life. Like, what am I now? Like, I guess I'm a sales analyst for K2 license problems. Here's my business card. Like, let me balance your inventory for you. Like, I'm so passionate. I'm so passionate about this. Um, so it was tough. So, so you know, I I moved back in with my folks. Like, it all just happened really fast, and um, did that for about a year before I left that company because I was so unhappy. And I went, <laughs> I actually went to Brazil for a month because Mardi Gras was going on. Because I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> so got away for a month and then kind of reset from there. But it still took me a while to figure out what my path was going to be once I got back from that trip.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, I, yeah, I, I had a similar deal where I was, I had, I had had some disagreements with my, with my, my company I'd been with for a couple of years. I thought I had done enough to receive certain, not even promotions, just I I lived in Seattle and I was trying to come back to California and I thought I had done enough to prove that I was worthy of coming back and, and selling in this higher market or whatever they considered it. And they, they ended up, like i had some issues with the svp and they ended up like basically giving me the middle finger and hiring some some woman who had no sales experience no industry experience and i was just like what the f-? and yeah. i i it was coincided with the time that i had a, a trip going to to europe with my family and i just i ended up never coming back from the trip i stayed and <laughs> stayed out there for for a couple months and that's Good a story for, for that's a story for down the line that uh, gets a little hairy but uh <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, so, so then you came back and so, but you, I mean, you, you stuck it out for a while. Cause you only, how old were you at that point? You could have only been 23 or 24 years yeah, old.
1: Yeah. I was, I was still probably 23 and my, my degree was in business administration. And, and that's the other thing, you know, going back, it's like my dad sometimes asked me before I kind of found my niche and where I'm at right now. He was like, Hey, what would you have done different? And it was like, I, th- I wish I would have just either sat down with him or a mentor of some sort that was like, hey, what do you what do you want to do? Let's put football and sports aside. What do you think you want to do? And you see people that have, um, whether they go to trade school or they use their education for a specific goal in mind, whether they become a, a structural engineer or I have a buddy who's a welder who's working on these amazing projects on these, these beach mansions all the time. And he's welding um, these motorcycles that he rides. It's really cool, cool stuff. But business administration I was always told oh you can do whatever you want with business you know and it's kind of like okay well when I finish school it's like well what does that mean like what, what? <laughs> now I got to figure out what I'm going to do like because I sure as hell don't have a passion for putting spreadsheets together and balancing inventory you know what I mean <laughs> right. so anyways I, I I got into sales after that when I got back and I worked for a couple different sales companies and um, I, I had a lot of success with it but my heart wasn't in it. And I saw how a lot of these companies treated their employees. And um, it really just gave me pause. And ultimately, like I started, as we kind of talked about before we started recording, I started having some health issues. Um, I stayed into fitness a lot, because it was the last link I had to that athletic identity of, you know, my first 22 years of life. So that's where my escape would come, as I'm sure yours does. And a lot of athletes like they still get their workouts. And it's part of that routine that you became so accustomed to. And it also, it's like, okay, cool. I can kind of, I can put my headphones in and I can just blow off some steam. And I can also still feel like I have some ties to that athletic past. And when I was working out, I started getting these headaches where I would feel like blood pooling at the base of my head, whenever I'd exert myself to, to a point that I had to stop, whether I was squatting or benching or, you know, doing, hundreds of curls like we like to do in the, uh, in the gym <laughs> but it's That's it right. seriously started up uh, it started affecting my health and um, I know a thousand percent without a shadow of a doubt it was all it was all related to stress it was all related to my job it was um, it was constantly what have you done for me lately and these companies like they love to make sports analogies like you're part of a sports team and okay. I, I personally maybe had one company I was with that actually felt like they cared about us but the rest of them, it was just kind of like dog eat dog. And, and there's plenty love- of people out there who have the right mindset and they, they kill it. And that just wasn't me, man. I just right. I would take it home with me. It would affect my relationships with people I loved and cared about. And I'm like, this isn't me, man. I can't do this the rest of my life, you know?
0: Man, that's so... A- it's a it's a scary place to be it really it really is um because you feel trapped because you especially if you put especially if you put the amount of time that you have put into our most of us by the time we get into our 30s that we put into it and you're like wow I've spent all this time doing this like I, I have to continue like this is like I've, I've set up this lifestyle I, I this is all I know at this point like um and it's just it, it does it wears you down and I guess at the end of the day it, it really is like a sport in the fact that it is what have you done for me lately and um if you're not performing you know you could you could be you could be mr this that or mrs this that and the other and then you know bad quarter bad two quarters bad half goes by and now you're on a performance plan and they're they're you know trying to get you out of the way and you're and now you're looking for another job and like it is man it's just it it, it it's like a slow drip i you know it's like a it's like being tortured uh, by raindrops <laughs> like it's just like one drip two drip and like it just continues, so like I mean the fact that you're able to like say like all right well it was visceral in fact your your body was literally saying dude like this you, you can't continue to do this like you got to stop um which I guess is probably almost a blessing in disguise because if that doesn't happen maybe you just continue through it you know what I mean
1: Yeah yeah you know and um that's a very good point cuz who knows and you know family's always been big to me I grew up I still have a very close family as I as I've talked about on a couple of occasions um on this podcast but I knew I wanted to have a family. I knew I wanted to be around. I knew I wanted to be an active dad like mine was. And, uh, and, you know, my last sales position before I made the switch to getting into the fire service, I was a regional sales manager. And the next step up from there was a national sales manager. And I would have been on the road every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I just would have been gone all the time. And it would have been hard to be kind of the dad and the husband I wanted to be. And I'd met my wife right around that time. So, yeah, I ultimately the light bulb went off for me um, in my early thirties. I had a run in with um, a firefighter for the orange County fire authority. And I have a a number of people in my life that are close to me that have gone into the fire service. A couple of teammates, ex teammates had gone that route and they loved it. And um, I was immature thinking, Hey, you know, firefighters, how much money do they make? You know, especially the area we're from, there's a lot of fluency and it's like, yeah. I need to make millions of dollars during the rat race. Like that's that's where my identity is going to come from, you know, killing it whatever however I can to make a lot of money. Um, but I had a lot of influential people who I respect a lot talk to me and and that one particular night I I talked with this one guy and you know, I was like, "You know what? I turned to my wife that and I'm like, "I got to go for it. Like if I'm going to do this, I got to go for it." And I signed up for some EMT classes and took them while I was still working full time and um it took, it took me about a year, uh, just to kind of make the changes and get the uh, credentials I needed to be able to apply and, Mm. and pursue this career in the fire service. And I made the switch and, um, I'm happy I did. It's a lot of, a lot of camaraderie. You got to count on the guy next to you, just like you do on the football field. It's the closest thing I've had to being part of a team, whether it was football, soccer, baseball, what have you, uh, it's the closest thing. And, um, there's plenty of people in the department that you love and you'll have lifelong relationships. There's plenty of people that maybe you don't agree with, like in a football right. locker room that you're like, Dude, what is this person's issue? But um, yeah, it took me a while. It took me kind of a, a, a roundabout way to get there, but I'm glad I made the change. And, you know, here I am now staring 40 in the eyes.
0: <laughs> it happens fast, man. I, I still think I'm 27. I'm like I had this like I remember 27 was a big year for me, and I remember being like, oh yeah, 27. Like, still got three years till I'm 30. Like, I'm cruising. Like, this is like we're on a good pace right now, guys. And and now next, like, (laughs) what the hell just happened?
1: But totally, yeah.
0: To to your point, like I feel like with something like that with the fire department, like the and I think that's what most of us miss at the end of the day, like because when you think back to when you're playing, like it, you're hurt, you're 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 in discomfort most of the time, you're tired all of the time. Um, it's not really the playing that you miss. Of course you miss playing in the games, but you kind of forget about everything that goes with it, right? Like all of the day in and day out training and all that kind of stuff. And so like, I don't miss that. That's for sure. Of course I miss, you know, suiting up and, and and getting hyped up for games, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to missing your teammates. You miss, yeah. you miss being, you miss being around the guys or you miss being around the girls, whatever it is for you. Um, or like if you're an individual sport, you miss being around your team. Like, it's just it's really tough to recreate that um, in in everyday life, and so like the fact that you found that like just really the fact that you had the the the, the nuts, man to say you know what like I'm 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 taking a step back because like you said we we are from the fluent area, but it's not just here; it's everywhere. It's especially yeah. in the social media age. Like it's it's you know everybody's trying to compare themselves to each other, and it's it, you know whether that's actually the life that they live or whether it's just a, a persona. It it, it becomes. It, it, you, you feel anxious about it. You're like, Oh, I need to, I need to do that. Like, well, they just went to, they just went to Greece. Like I need to go to Greece. They just did they they did they're driving this car. I need to drive that car. Like this totally person is, is no better than I am. So the fact that you were able to say like, you know what, dude, like, nah, this is, this isn't the, the jam for me. And it's not like, you know, at the end of the day, being a firefighter is a great life and you make a, you, you make a good salary, but it's just, you know, you don't have, you're not, you're not striving for that commission
1: check. It's just like, this is what I'm going to make. And I'm going to, and I'm going to show up and do my job. Um, yeah. You know, there's, a, there's as an athlete and I'm sure you can attest to this, that there's obviously that physical side, especially the sport like football, but any, any sport you play, there's that physical component, you know what I mean? But there's also such a mental component to it as well. The preparation or the, the film study or, or preparing for a particular opponent and what their tendencies are. I think, you know, you combine the mental and the physical and that's what makes uh, a top athlete. And, um, with the sales and the corporate jobs, they're definitely mental and there's that component. But I, I like craved, I yearned for that physical component too. And it was like, okay, what do I do? Like, do I freaking join the military? Do I like start taking up like jujitsu and MMA? I, I, do, I think I said that to my dad once and he's like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. But to <laughs> each their own. I mean, those guys are like freaking badasses. badasses. Yeah, like there's, there's a niche for everybody. And, and personally, the firefighting thing, it's, it's definitely a physical job. There's times like you were just mentioning that you're uncomfortable, you know, you're on a structure fire, you're doing overhaul and it's three in the morning and you're hot, you're tired, your freaking shoulders are burning. You just want to be anywhere, but there, um, and you got to push through, you know, like you were doing two days in football camp, you know, during hell week. But then there's also, I think a lot of uh, people who maybe don't have the familiarity with the, the fire service, there's such a mental component. And we have so many really sharp men and women that work for our organization. And I'm sure in the fire service across the country and all over the world, but there's, there's both components. And that's where for me personally, it was like, okay, I, I, this is the closest thing I've had to it. And, uh, I've got plenty of good friends who are in the corporate world and they love it. You know what I mean? And it's like more power to them. One of my best friends is an attorney who's killing it. It's like, You just got to find that niche that's right for you. And it's tough. It's tough making that transition, you know, post athlete career and getting there. So.
0: No, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's not a one size fits all. Um, but it's just about finding what, what, what grooves for you. And, um, I think that's one thing that that being an athlete does afford you is the fact that you do have that fortitude to say, look, like, even though the path isn't clear in front of you, like, I'm going to do what's necessary. I'm going to, I'm going to do the hard things. For you it was like you know making that transition for your friend it's attorney like it's it's uh you know literally probably spending hours upon hours weekends on weekends doing case studies and this that and the other um so yeah it's it you know different strokes for different folks but um uh, man this is exactly what this is about you know like your 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 story about like how you you know made that transition and then you know realized it wasn't right for you and then you know kind of used that fortitude to, to to flip over to something that you know filled you up and and, and gave you a better path for for what it was to for what it was for you to be happy. Um, and that's, that's, that's the, the goal at the end of the day, man, like whatever it is, dude, like you just be happy. It's so hard these days. And, um, but it takes work. It was like I said, with that little anecdotal story, it's like, it's not something that's just given to us these days. Like you have to go out and work and, and yeah. do that for for you. It sounds like you're still really into the the, the fitness uh, deal, which I am myself, but you know, that's, that's the base of it. And then, you know, you gotta do some other stuff too, whether it be, you know, you know, whether it be journaling, whether it be meditation, whether it be, you know, walking meditation, whether it be just be going outside in the morning and, and letting the sun shine on your face with, with your bare feet on the ground. Um, but just find those things, you know, just find whatever it is and, and, and keep working on it and, and use the use the skills that you've implemented your entire life. Um, but just repurpose them and just, repurpose you know, them for,
1: for something else. You just said it like, and I was going to, that was kind of going to be one last point I was going to say is my wife's a therapist. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. So she's big on like making sure your mental health is good. And it's a huge thing. And we didn't even, I mean, even 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, especially being a male in society, it was like, Hey man, just push on, like toughen up, you know, chin up, chest out, deal with it in your own way. And now it's like, it's important. It's it's tough, man. That transition from being an athlete to this, it's tough. It's still tough. It's still something that I battle all the time. And I'm sure you do. And it's important to pursue that avenue that's going to help you mentally, whether it's talking to somebody, whether it's doing what we're doing right now, and just kind of sharing some laughs and sharing some stories. Um, but it's trying to avoid kind of those negative avenues that you can go down to cope with things. Um, and so yeah, I encourage everybody, I think in this day and age, it's a lot more I guess, socially acceptable and a lot more uh, attainable, whether it's, you know, sitting down with someone or whatever. Um, But I'm sure you would agree too. like, I got three little ones now. And, you know, my wife has been supportive and allowed me to make this transition. And it's like, that's the new identity. It's like, as much as I would like to think I could still run with some of those guys I see playing on Sundays uh god knows that's not the truth (laughs) and so it's just trying to it's trying to keep these knees healthy enough to be able to play freaking basketball in the front yard with my kids in 10 years you know what i mean and so seriously yeah. So,
0: yeah. No, I joke. I'm like, listen, dude, you know what? I, if I just trained for like three months, I could definitely get out there for like a quarter, at least a yeah. quarter, maybe, maybe a yeah. few
1: possessions either way. I'm out there. You know what I mean? No problem. <laughs> dude. Funny, quick, last story for you. I got, uh, I was fortunate enough to be asked to play in, uh, Aaron Rodgers has this flag football charity tournament. He's been doing the last couple of years here locally. And uh, I've played in it the last two years. And I think I mentioned I'm going to turn 40 later this year. Well, we just played about a, a month or two ago. And uh, the first year I pulled my hammy, depressing. I was like, come on now. So I <laughs> trained for it this year, and uh, I had a pretty good showing. I'm like, all right, I, you know, I scored a deep touchdown on Rogers' team. I'm like, dude, I still got it, you know. I'm waiting for the Packers GM to hit up my cell phone. Maybe What's the, the Jets, Niners, not? you know. Yeah. yeah, whatever, dude. I can't be choosers. Like, Cardinals are am happy. And then (laughs) a month later i go out and try to play soccer with our department soccer team five minutes in dude i I can't pick a ball the direction i want it to for the life of me i step on my foot the wrong way and i tweak my ankle (laughs) i don't even think i made it 15 minutes so that football game i left feeling like i still got it and then the reality hit me in the face a month later i'm like dude i'm old and freaking broke down so it's gonna it, it, it comes for all of us it does,
0: man. It's funny. Yeah. You, but It's almost better just to kind of keep it as this fantasy instead of actually putting it into reality and, and having it crash down upon you. So um, yeah. I'll probably I'll stay in this fantasy world unless next year Rodgers needs a slot because I'm here, baby. Let me know. Oh,
1: he needs it, dude. We're going to make the dream team. And we'll have people calling for sure, man. We're going to be the that's... next Vince. Vince. Uh, what was his name? The, the miracle guy, Vince Papali. Oh, Picon- Vince Papali, yeah. Pabali, oh, that's us, nice, baby. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we'll go out
0: there, and get a few concussions. We'll, we'll, we'll speed go. this thing up. It'll be great, man. This is awesome, Nick, man. I, I really appreciate the time you took. And I think this is going to be a really, really helpful story for a lot of the people that listen to this. So thank you very much, man. Much appreciated. And um, let's get together soon, for sure.
1: Thanks for having me, Grant. Beers on me anytime soon here. All right, brother. Be good, man. All right, dude. Talk to you later.
0: Thanks again for sticking around for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information, please visit us at our website at consciousathletics.net and or Instagram at consciousathletics. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit becooler.org.